Well, good morning, Countryside. How are you this morning? It's good to be together. How many are looking forward to the Christmas season this year? Of all years, we need the Christmas season this year. But I want to ask you, how many put up your tree in November? Be honest. Wow. How many did it before Thanksgiving? How many did it in October? (laughs) Still some hands that are up. Yeah, we were one of those in November before Thanksgiving people, um, which was better this year that we waited till then, because a few years ago, we just left it up for a year and a half. We just didn't want to, uh, we wanted Christmas to be every day in our house. We really, really enjoyed that. I want to welcome all those that are watching online right now. You're part of our family. There are people every week that are watching all over the world, literally. The Nicholas family, I'm sorry, the Nichols family from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is watching with us. Beverly from Ontario, Canada is watching with us. Gary and Deborah from Hudson and the Robinson family from Clearwater are watching with us right now. Let's welcome all of our guests that are here today. I'm very excited about this Christmas season. We're starting today week one of a series called Christmas Time at Countryside. Next week, my son is going to be sharing the message, which I'm really excited about hearing him, and he may tell some inside stories of the Davis family, which I'll, you know, screen those before he comes next week. But while we're talking about that, I want to let you know that our youth ministry is absolutely exploding right now. You wouldn't believe what's happening. In the midst of all that's happening, there are churches that literally are shutting down their youth ministry because kids aren't coming. Three or four weeks ago, we had over 300 kids, high school and middle school, here on Wednesday night. Almost every week, we're having close to 200 kids. It's it's amazing, and it's because of the leadership of our kids. We have some incredible leaders that have raised up within this ministry that are stepping up and leading our youth group. The adult leaders that are there are incredible, but I can't say enough about the leadership we have in Pastor Marcelo and Pastor Andrew that are leading the way with our youth ministry. I'm so excited about what God is doing there. So in two weeks, we're gonna have something we are calling the Journey to Bethlehem. That's gonna be a three-segment message where my wife is gonna start with a segment, Pastor Tim does the second segment, and then I share the third and final segment of the journey to Bethlehem. In between each one of the segments, we're gonna have just a really special time of Christmas music. It's a special Christmas service that you do not want to miss. And then this season's gonna culminate with Christmas Eve at Countryside. How many have ever come to our Christmas Eve service? It is the best service of the year. I want to encourage everyone to come out, everyone to invite someone. It's spectacular. I can't say enough about our team and what it's turned into over the years. So that service is going to be 3, 5, 7, and 11 p.m. We're going to continue roping off every other row so that people can socially distance for those that are wanting to know that. So as you're inviting people, we have invite cards at all of the entrances. And as you're telling people about it, let them know we have a big auditorium. And there's plenty of room for people to spread out so that they're not as concerned about that. But I want to encourage you, this is such an opportunity to invite the lost to come and hear the message of Jesus Christ. How that that, that service goes, we have... Praise and worship with Christmas carols. Then we go into a powerful production of the Christmas story, leading to um, 
a candlelight service. We're going to light this place up. Light always conquers darkness. Can you say amen to that? So we're going to have our candles, and then it ends with communion at the altar. What a way to close out the Christmas Eve service with communion at the altar. Now, I want to let you know this year is a little bit different because of what's happening with COVID-19. All the tables are going to be stand-up tables. We're not going to have those that where tons of people can gather around. We're trying to be mindful, and we're trying to be careful. But for you, if you're coming as an individual, if you're coming as a couple, or your family can gather around the stand-up tables. But I want to tell you, it's such a special time at Christmas Eve. And a lot of you notice there's Christmas gifts for Jesus. You see the boxes at all the entrances. For those that don't know what that is, something we've done from the very foundation of this church is to keep the perspective of what Christmas is all about. We're celebrating the first coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so historically, what we've always done is we say, Jesus, this is yours. We have um, mangers at all of the entrances where you'll present your gift to Jesus. To keep it in perspective for us, we've always given our greatest gift to Jesus. And I want to encourage you to take time, pray about that, because it's such an important thing. As everyone's shopping and spending all this money, keep it in perspective of what really is important. Can you say amen to that? So here we are, week one of Christmas time at Countryside. We've gone through so many fun times. I've been in this church for 40 years. I know a lot of you are like, really? I thought you were in your 30s. I know, I know a lot of you feel that way. But I'm not. But through the years, we've had so many great seasons, so many wonderful services. And believe it or not, we are known for a lot of things on a national level here at Countryside. One of the things that many of you may not know that we're famous for is about 25 years ago, we were on national TV with something that happened spectacularly in one of our Christmas programs. Take a look at this. Finally, the answer to an eternal question, Jesus, boxers or briefs? Aren't you proud of your church? <laughs> yes, that did happen. And yes, we did win the $10,000 that week. So that was a good thing. So it all went for the glory of God. If you have your Bible with you, let's pray and let's get into God's word together. Father, thank you for your word. It's what molds us and shapes us. So speak to us today through your word in Jesus' name, amen. I want to warn you, this is not a typical Christmas message. I really had to talk with Pastor Tim and we're praying about what to share. And I really believe that this subject is something that is really crucial to the body of Christ and for people in general. If you want to have a great Christmas, this subject, as we talk about bitterness and unforgiveness, it radically can change your life if you listen to it and you apply it and you begin to walk out how God's called us to walk out. Remember, we are sojourners in this world. A sojourner means we're just passing through. We are aliens to the world, the Bible describes it. So we're walking through this world, this thing called life, but we have a purpose. We have a call in our lives to make a difference in this world. Every one of us are uniquely called, uniquely gifted and talented, and God's created you with a plan and purpose, but we have an enemy that absolutely hates us. 
There's an enemy that wants to bring each one of us down, that wants to discourage us, and wants to rob us of the gift that God wants to give each one of us. The enemy wants to destroy us. He hates you, and he's going to use the tools that are in his arsenal to bring us down. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 14, says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Say everyone. That's a, that's a key word right there. And to be holy. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Now the reason I said everyone is because there are people in all of our lives that are a little bit difficult and it's oftentimes hard to take and make the effort towards them because they're more difficult to live with and to deal with. I'm convinced that one of the greatest tools that the enemy will use is to destroy relationships and poison hearts, and the Bible calls this the root of bitterness. Always know that God wants us to love, and the enemy wants to kill love. God wants us to grow in our intimacy with him and with our believing fellow Christians in the family of God, but the enemy wants to destroy intimacy. God wants you to trust the enemy wants to steal trust from us and to leave us bitter. The enemy will do anything that he can to plant a seed of offense in our hearts and create a root of bitterness. It could start with something small. I can remember a few months ago, someone that came in, they said, I've, I've got unforgiveness in my heart. And I will say, well, how did it start? Well, how it started was we, we used to follow each other on Instagram. And we always liked each other's pictures on Instagram. And then I noticed one day that she didn't like my picture on Instagram. And then I looked and I noticed she was no longer following me on Instagram. And here I am as a 55-year-old man, I looked at her and I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. But it was very, very serious to her. Maybe it's somebody that you send a text to, hey, let's go out to dinner sometime. And you saw the bubbles go up, you know the bubbles, the bubble's showing there's a response coming, but then the bubbles went away, and you never got a response, and inside of your heart, something began to grow and to fester. Maybe it's at a family, you remember when we used to get together as family at Christmas? I know we don't do that now, but remember when we used to get together as families? Hopefully, you're still getting together with your family. But for some of us, there's that one person that comes to the big family meal and they never bring anything. Everybody else brings their pies, their stuffing, their potatoes. They don't bring anything but a big, giant Tupperware, empty. But when they leave, they have so much food, they can't even do the snap-on lid with the Tupperware. And after time, it starts with like a joke, oh, you remember cousin so-and-so, remember aunt so-and-so? And over time, it grows and it festers. Maybe it's someone that's done something much more deeper in your life, someone that's very close to you, that's lied to you or deceived you. Maybe they talk bad about you behind your back, someone that you trusted so much. Maybe it's a family member that is always critical of everything that you do, the way you raise your kids, the way you spend your money, even with your faith and where you go to church. If they're saying something about that, make it a point, have them talk to me or Pastor Tim. Uh, we'll encourage them in that area, and we'll invite them. Maybe it's a person that takes advantage of you, maybe ripped you off, misled you, betrayed you at the very core, 
And that seed was planted. And if that seed of offense is not taken care of, it's going to grow and grow and turn, on, turn into full-blown bitterness. In your notes, you can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. Always know hurt people hurt people. So when we begin to look and see some of the people that may be wounding us or hurting us, understand they probably are a deeply wounded person because hurt people will hurt other people. But we can't be responsible for what other people are doing. We can be responsible with our response inside. This is such an important topic, and I think even going into the Christmas holidays is so important because how you feel inside, the depths of your core being, they tend to be magnified with emotions during the Christmas season. When your times are good, Christmas makes us feel even better. But when times are hard and you've suffered loss or there's drama that you're dealing with in your family or a tension in a relationship or a breakup that happened or something that has happened that had wronged you with people the Christmas holidays puts a magnifying glass on those emotions and those feelings. The hard and the lonely and the broken times, even more so at Christmas, can feel so much more painful. But as we're moving into the Christmas holidays, we're going to be seeing a lot of people that we love. We're going to see a lot of people that are really our closest friends, maybe in a party or in a, in a situation where we're together. And it's a God-given opportunity for you to be a light to the people around you that you most love. So take very seriously the holidays and the opportunities that you have to be together because God has something inside of you that he wants to bring to the people around us. There's a bright light in us. There's a passion within us for the good things of God. And when we begin to love even out of our hurt and our pain and our disappointments, it will be such a light to those around us. Remember, you can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. So in your notes, the problem with bitterness, there's two problems we're going to talk about today briefly. Number one, bitterness has a dangerous root. Hebrews 12, 15, it says, see to it that no bitter roots grows up to cause trouble. What do we do with the root of bitterness? You see, roots grow underground. You can look around and you can see people, they seem like they have it all together on the outside because all you see is what's on the outside. You can't see what's on the inside. You can't see the roots of how they really are feeling deep down. You look around our property, we have these enormous oak trees. They've been here for over 100 years. The root system in these oak trees are deep and wide. I see some of you tripping on them in the parking lot, in which I'm sorry about that. I wanted to kind of clean them up, but they said we'll kill the trees. So we, that's why we don't do that, just so you know. But those trees are strong. They've endured storms. They've endured hurricane force winds. Yeah, branches have fallen off. Diseased trees will fall. But the healthy oaks with the healthy root system stand strong. Those roots have many of them have a root system that if you put it together, it's over one linear mile in distance. So what is your root system? Have you experienced hurt, disappointment, an offense, 
something that has happened to you that has enrooted in your heart, taken root, and caused you to get and become a better person. Now, in my childhood, my mom always called me the elephant brain because I remembered everything. So through the years, as we were teenagers and adults, we would talk about, you remember this time? And then I would go into all the details leading up to that time in between all the crack. Nobody remembered any of it, but anything that was bad or anything that was dramatic, I remembered it all. So my tendency is to harp and to remember the negative things that happened in my life. But over time, God showed me clearly, Glenn, stop it. There's nothing you're doing that's gonna hurt or help anyone else. You're hurting yourself. So as you dwell on negative things, painful things from your childhood, you're not hurting anyone else other than hurting yourself. And it's so easy to remember the bad things and have this log and remember and keep this record of all these things. But remember what Paul said to the church of Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 13, he said what love is, what real love is. And real love keeps no record of wrongs. No record of wrongs. But bitterness keeps detailed records of wrongs. He hurt me. She misled me. He lied to me. She let me down. You know, the problem is you're allowing the root to go deep and to begin to spread. As the root of bitterness gets in our heart, it gets harder and harder to kill. It's a dangerous thing to allow the roots of bitterness to grow and to affect our lives in every way. Number two, bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. Hebrews 12, 15, it says, see too that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. When it's a rooted thing inside of your heart, it's not just defiling you, you're defiling those around you. You're defiling many. All of us are known by our fruit. The Bible says to judge the fruit in our life. What is the fruit that is producing and affecting the culture around us? Because if it's bitter, it can affect everyone in a negative way. Think about it. A bitter person can poison a small group. You ever been in a group, the person, all they focus on is on their own life, their own negativity, and it dominates the group to become a toxic group instead of a healthy group. A bitter person can make a workplace miserable. Have you ever worked with a bitter employee? It's like, oh my goodness, you walk into a toxic environment where your boss is bitter, you're like on eggshells just trying to get through the day. Bitterness affects the people around you. A bitter person can divide a family. That's why it's so important that we don't allow bitterness to get in our hearts, take root, and divide our family, the people around us, the people that we love the very most. Some of you are like, man, this is good. I hope so-and-so is listening to this. You know, I'm gonna share this on my feed today. I'm sharing this on my Facebook feed because so-and-so needs to hear this word. Guess what? The hardest thing for any of us to see is to see offense in our own heart. This message is for all of us not to point the finger at everyone else, but to look in the mirror and allow God to expose the areas of our heart that are holding us back from where God wants us to be. You see, because if you feel bitter, oftentimes it's because you feel justified because it's their fault. I'm only bitter because of what they did to me. 
If you aren't careful, some of us will celebrate the love of Christ, will celebrate the birth of our Savior, at the same time hating someone in the core of our being. How can we say out of one side of our mouth how much God loves you, but yet on the other side, in our heart, we feel such hate towards those around us at times? You see, for many of us, it's easy to receive God's grace, but it's so hard to allow the grace of God to be given to those that have broken our heart or caused bitterness to take seed and to take root. Take a moment today. Ask yourself honestly, do you have an offense in your heart towards someone? Do you have a bitterness in your heart towards an organization, towards a people? Are you harboring a, a grudge, carrying a hurt, nursing a offense? Maybe it's that suck up at work that just always is sucking up, drives you crazy. Maybe it's that boss that doesn't appreciate you. You always go the extra mile and they never appreciate you. Maybe it's that friend that takes you for granted. You're always the one that does. You're always the one that gives the gifts. You're always the one that pays the dinner. And you feel so taken advantage of and you have a loud offense to go in your heart. Maybe it's someone that criticizes you and you're just tired of being criticized. For a lot of you, you're mad at yourself. Let me tell you, there's times in my life I'm so mad at myself. Glenn, come on, why are you acting this way? Why do you feel this way? Why are you discouraged? You're a pastor. What's wrong with you? I'm saying this to myself in the mirror. It's, it's weird, I do do that. But there's others, you're disappointed in God. And you have an offense in your heart, like why did my life turn out this way? Why was I the one wrong? Why did I get dealt these cards? Why did this happen to me? And I want you to know, don't have bitterness in your heart towards the one that created you and the one that loves you the most. It's so easy when we go through those times of hurt and discouragement that we push God away. That's the time we need to run into the arms of our Lord. He loves you unconditionally. He cares for you. Ask God if there's any bitterness inside of your heart that's bringing damage to your soul, to your being, that today would be a day that that bitterness is uprooted. So how do you kill the root of bitterness in your notes? Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just, as Christ, just in Christ, God forgave you. So how do we kill bitterness? Number one in your notes, kill bitterness with compassion. Paul was giving a direct teaching to the church of Ephesus when he said, be kind and compassionate to one another. You see, the heavenly laws, the biblical laws are always so different. They're almost the opposite of what human nature and what this culture tells us to do and tells us how we should be. You see, the Bible says that when someone wrongs you, someone attacks you, you don't get even, you turn the other cheek. The Bible says that if you want to be great, serve others. Serve. Jesus came to serve. And so often we want to rule and we want to be the man and we want to serve. Just serve. You want to kill the root of bitterness inside of you? The Bible says to love. Paul taught a similar principle in Romans chapter 12, verse 21, when he says, Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. This morning, I want to tell you in closing a story 
about a lady in our church. I want to bring her picture up. Many of you may know. This is Beanie Hooks. Let me tell you the story of Beanie. Beanie was raised in a really good home, but somewhere as a teenager, she got connected to the wrong guy. She started dating this guy. He became very, very abusive to her, abusive in every way imaginable. And in her mind, she thought, maybe he'll get better if I'll just marry him. Now, as your pastor, don't do that. Don't do that. But she ended up marrying him. Over time, she became homeless with him, selling drugs on the street. She began to pimp herself in prostitution and drugs and a lifestyle that was absolutely horrible. She reached a point where God was dealing with her and said, break it off now. She broke off their relationship, and instead of things getting better, at that moment, he got out of the car and he shot her five times. Shot off her finger. But God was in it all. She came out of that situation over time. She knew that God wanted her and was running after her. She started coming to Countryside. Over time, she got into our training center. A center that had produced hundreds and hundreds of pastors all over the world through the years. And she started coming to our training center 18 years ago. And during one of those training center classes, one of the pastors said to the class, go home today and write down the vision that God has for you and the ministry that God has called you to be a part of or to start. She went home, she opened the Bible and looked in Joshua chapter 20 where it talks about a city of refuge, a place of safety, a place of restoration, a place of healing. And it was out of that moment that the ministry, a city of refuge, was birthed 18 years ago. The city of refuge. So Vini Hooks, the drugger, prostitute, all of those things, is now Pastor Vini Hooks. And what this ministry does is it takes women that have been incarcerated and in the transition back into the world, into reality, she takes these women, gives them a place to eat, feeds them, gives them shelter, provides a safe place for them, but in the midst of that, she disciples them. Over 18 years of ministry, listen to me. After 18 years, this woman in the city of refuge has rescued nearly 300 women coming out of jail. Look what God does. You see, always, for what the enemy meant for harm, God will take it and he'll turn it around to bring glory to his name. That's what happened with Pastor, but it started, she had every right to be bitter. She had every right to be angry. She had every right to live the rest of her life mad. But instead, she ran into the arms of the Lord, gave her life to Jesus Christ, and began to walk out what real compassion looks like. Real compassion is a verb. Luke chapter six, verse 28. It says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. You know, oftentimes the greatest thing we can do for the person that has wronged us the most is to pray for them. You begin to pray for them, guess what? Your prayers may not change them at all. But guess what will happen every single time you pray for that person that has wronged you? It's gonna change you. Your prayers, your compassion, your love is going to change you. 
You kill, compassion, you kill bitterness with compassion. And the last point today in your notes, kill bitterness with forgiveness. Pause and acknowledge what you're going through. This is when it gets tense. You say, you don't have any idea, Pastor Glenn, what that person did to me. The horrible thing that they did to me, and you're asking me to forgive them? I am. And I don't know what you've gone through. And you don't know all that I've gone through. But I want to tell you biblically what God wants you to do is to forgive them. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, says, get rid of all bitterness. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. How do you forgive? You forgive like Jesus forgave you. How did he forgive you? This is how Jesus forgave you. Immediately, freely, generously, absolutely, entirely, unconditionally, that's the grace of God and the forgiveness that God has poured upon you. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished because he carried our sickness, our sorrows, our sin. He did it for you and for me. But yet so often we hold on to it and we don't give it. But yet we want it, but we don't give it. I can remember back probably 25 years ago, there was a gentleman that we were close friends and somewhere down the line, he was talking about me behind my back and things were falling apart and I found myself offended that really led into bitterness towards this person. Over a couple years, it dominated my thought life. I was just thinking about this and it just made me mad. I would think about him, I'd get mad, I wanna get even. And then one night I went to bed and I had a dream. And in the, have you ever had a dream where it just seemed so real? This dream seemed like, man, this really happened. And in this dream, this person died. And I woke up with such a grieving spirit. I was so grieving that I allowed this offense to rob me and I was never able to resolve it. And now he's dead. But it didn't happen. I got up out of bed and I determined in my heart, I am gonna make this relationship right today. I just started looking all over the parks. I was going into parking lots of restaurants. I was driving around the city, ended up seeing his car. I was looking for probably two hours. Saw his car at a baseball field. Went to him, and I didn't point to him and say, you did this to me. I went to him and I said, will you forgive me for how I feel towards you? I'm wrong. And he began to break down, and he said, he's wrong, and I'm wrong. Well, you ever had that, I'm wrong, no, I'm bad, you're bad, no, I'm not bad, I'm worse, you know. And we embraced, and it was at that moment that forgiveness was released, and when it was released, it set me free. I was bound, I was in chains. I was in a place where I was paralyzed because of the unforgiveness. Why? Because I allowed a root of bitterness to take root in my heart and begin to spread and it messed up everything in every area of my life. You see, we have a choice. With unforgiveness or offense, you can relive it, you can rehearse it, or you can release it and give it to God. Someone said to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that the prisoner was you. We think we're letting somebody free, but really the prisoner is ourselves. Romans 12, 18, it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Remember, you can't control what others do, but you can control how you respond. Bitterness has a dangerous root. It produces poisonous fruit. But what we do with that is we kill bitterness with compassion. We kill bitterness with forgiveness. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. As far as it is possible for all of us, God has called us to live at peace with all those that are in our life, no matter what, to forgive, to show compassion, feeling like we may be releasing them, but it releases us from the chains of bondage that the enemy wants to keep us in to steal, kill, and destroy our relationship with God and rob us of the joy and the peace that God wants us to walk in. Can you say amen to that? Did you receive that message? It wasn't an easy message to preach during Christmas season, but I feel like it's so important. Listen to it, let it get in your hearts, because if you walk this out, and this could be one of the most difficult moments of your life, but you walk out compassion and forgiveness, you'll never be the same again. And that's my prayer each week. Lord, let them walk out and never be the same again. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we close today. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you've given such grace to each one of us. Help us to give that same grace to others around us. I pray for those that are in this room that have carried offense and have a root that has grown that's caused them to be bitter. I pray that today is the day that you're gonna set them free. And I thank you that whom the Son sets free is free indeed, in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment, before we dismiss, there are a lot of people that responded in first service, and I believe in my heart there's people in here. Maybe what you've been carrying, God wants to take today. You see, it's not about church attendance. It's not about doing but it's allowing the grace of God and his forgiveness to forgive us our past and to walk free, forgiven. That's why Jesus came, gave his life on the cross, resurrection, and he's in heaven waiting for us one day to be in that place with him for eternity. But it takes understanding and accepting the free gift of salvation. You know, Christmas time, we're gonna get gifts, but the gift is only as good as if you open the gift. Salvation is a gift you have to receive and open. You wanna be set free, begin that first step of giving God your life, giving God control. All of us have a throne that's on our heart. And so often the hardest thing for us to do is to give that throne and allow God to take his lordship on the throne of our heart. We let other people, we let relationships, we let the world rob us. But today I'm asking you, will you allow God that rightful place on the throne of your heart to ask him to forgive you, to accept the free gift of salvation, and to walk free in Jesus' name. And if that's you today, when I count to three, I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand. I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna call you out, but I believe that today is the day of salvation, and that there are lives that are gonna begin today, spiritually, that are never gonna be the same again through this first step. One, two, three. If that's you, will you raise your hand up high? Thank you, yes, 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 I see your hands. Coming over on that side, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see your hand over here, coming to the middle section, to the right, raise it up high, so I, yes, yes, I see your hand, and yours, and yours, and yours. I see your hand over there, I see people elbowing the other person next to them to raise their hand, that's okay too. It's a new day today. 
through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raised their hand today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are my Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of those sins today, and I turn, and I'm gonna walk in the fullness of God. Forgiven, free. Today, I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all look up. Church, I love you so much. God's got special things for you. Your attendance, it matters. Thanks for being here today. God bless you, church. What a powerful message. And I tell you, if you take that to heart, it'll make everything new in your life. Would you stand with me now to receive a blessing and just open your hearts to him you can even turn your palms upward or raise your hands if you like in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you with grace to you and through you. May the Lord bless you with forgiveness to those around you. May the Lord bless you with the bravery to see any drop of bitterness dissolve into compassion. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, church. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you so much for being here with us today. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, I want to say congratulations. It is the best decision you will ever make. But guess what? You are not alone. Here as a church, we want to partner with you. We want to pray for you. We want to walk hand in hand with you through this brand new journey. So please let us know how we can pray for you at countryside.cc prayer. But we will see you guys next week.